and they are they are intrigued. They 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 are totally focused in hearing you talk about that because they cannot believe that we're letting 18, 19, 20-year-old students make these kinds of decisions and let them succeed and let them fail. Welcome to the Business Class Podcast, where we dive into conversations with alumni, students, faculty, and staff from the University of Dayton School of Business Administration. You'll hear career advice, conversations about ethical decision-making in business, and listen to stories from life on the UD campus. Here's your host, Dean Trevor Collier. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Business Class Podcast. I'm your host and Interim Dean of the School of Business at UD, Trevor Collier. I'm joined today by Carolyn Haney and Vince Lewis. Carolyn is the CEO of Flyer Enterprises and a current student here at UD. And Vince is the director of the Karate Center and the president of the Hub. Thanks for joining me, Vince and Carolyn. Absolutely. Thanks for having us. I'm thinking maybe we can we can start uh, with some questions about uh, your your journey to UD. So so Carolyn, maybe you can start. Tell us, you know, where did you go to high school and and how did you how did you find out and, and matriculate to UD? Yeah, so I am originally from Cincinnati, born and raised there, lived there my whole life, and I went to Ursuline Academy for high school, which is an all girls private high school. So I really got used to that kind of small school community feel, which kind of ended up drawing me to the University of Dayton. So that was really one of the things that kind of was the attractive factor for me. I came on campus, did a couple tours, had really great experiences walking around, seeing different people, um, making great connections with students that currently went to Dayton. I have a few family members that graduated from here that had phenomenal experiences. And obviously one of those experiences being Flyer Enterprises, which I have become very much involved in during my time here. And so my cousin actually kind of piqued my interest in that. So when I visited, I was very interested and kind of really asked a lot of questions, um, gained a lot of information about that. And that was one of the things that drew me to the University of Dayton is just all the experiential learning opportunities that the university provides. So on campus right now, I'm a senior and finance major and cybersecurity minor. So I added that cybersecurity minor pretty recently. It's been really interesting so far. I'm starting to take classes for it this semester. And a lot of it is very relevant to what's happening in the industry today. So I think it's going to make me very marketable as an employer, as an employee for the future. Yeah, that's really cool. When What sort of sparked your interest in cybersecurity? It was kind of when COVID hit and I realized that a lot of things were going to be transitioned into virtual environments and online learning. And I recognized that it was going to be a huge of huge importance for us to be a little bit more secure with our information and our data. So I added that and I, I think it's a fairly new minor for the university. So a lot of the programs are still kind of getting fleshed out. So it's kind of cool that I get to learn, you know, while the rest of the university is learning a little bit more about security and cybersecurity. So I really, I've really enjoyed it so far. Um, I'm excited. I have two classes this semester for it. And then two more next semester. So I'm sure I will learn a lot and really know how to keep my data secure after that. Yeah, the, the Cybersecurity Center, for those of you that don't know, we, we've got a new Cybersecurity Center that's, that's housed here in Miriam Hall on the third floor. Uh, do you get to take classes in there? I do, yes. So it's a super nice classroom. The monitor takes up almost the entire wall, which is awesome. I have actually two night classes. So Wednesday and Thursday nights, I spend in the same classroom, which I'm sure... I'll get tired of that classroom, but 
it's an awesome environment, really facilitates learning. And it's great that we have the center right there for reference if we need to meet with professors or meet with different UDIT personnel. So we have all those resources really at our fingertips. Yeah, that's awesome. Vince, uh, a couple questions for you. Um, you know, I know sure. before you started teaching entrepreneurship, you were you were engaged in it. You were you were running some businesses. But, uh, you know, wh- where did you grow up? Uh, where did you go to school? And, and maybe tell us a little about your journey into the, the business world. Sure. I'm a uh, Dayton native, born and raised. So I spent not my whole life here, but most of my life here. Um, I uh, got my undergraduate degree from Western Kentucky University. Go ahead, bounced around. Yeah, go Hilltoppers. Uh, bounced around a little bit after that, you know, down in Scottsville, Kentucky and Lexington, Kentucky, and, and um, came back to Dayton, where I met my, at that time, my future wife. And, um, and her dad, who's really my number one mentor in life, is the one who got me interested in kind of the entrepreneurial space. I didn't really start out thinking that way. And, you know, other, other than my wife, uh, my father-in-law is my closest friend and advisor. And when I started to learn his story, I just, it kind of hit me that that's really what I want to do. And I started out, I wanted to be CEO of our family company. Um, he had five companies at the time. The, the, the parent company was a company called Hyde Park Electronics. Um, between the five, they were doing about 20, $25 million in revenue. And um, uh, so I decided that to to get into Hyde Park, I was going to have to go back to grad school. So I went to grad school, got my master's degree in management from Antioch, from the McGregor School at Antioch, and uh, eventually kind of weaseled my way into Hyde Park. I got hired. He did not want to hire me. We had a um, we had a, a president running the company at the time that was not a member of the family, and uh, I convinced him to hire me. I got a little antsy, wrote a book in 2006 because, of course, I was an expert now, right? I had gone into a family company and sold it. And um, it's not a very good book, by the way. If you, if you have trouble reading at night, I call it great night table reading. If you have trouble reading, buy a copy of my book. What's It'll it called? Let's give it a plug. It's, call, it's called Rough Air Ahead. Um, the royalty checks are embarrassing. My wife laughs because she says it costs them more to mail the check than it does to actually, than the actual royalty cost. Um, I wrote a second book. Vince, this, this podcast is so popular. Your book sales may go through the roof now. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I feel it already. Let me feel the love. Um, I wrote a second book on entrepreneurship that we never published because as I was going through it, I was, I, we were in the editing process and you know, I'm kind of reading it and I'm going through it and I'm going, you know, there is nothing unique here. There's nothing that Carolyn you know, a person like Carolyn could read and go, that's it. That's the, that's the secret sauce. And so I kind of felt like I had been in a family company. I had a management team when I went in. I had cash flow. We remade it. It was a big deal, but I hadn't done a startup. So I gave up my rides to the airport in the town car and flying first class and staying at nice hotels. And my wife and I plunged back in and we uh, created... We did an incubation space and then created a holding company. And then we started in the printing and promotions business in 2007. Uh, We bought a business. We were doing about $100,000 in sales the first year. By 2012, we'd grown that to about $2 million through organic growth and acquisitions. 
still own that one. My wife is now the CEO. She is much better at it than I am. Um, she was, she's a much better CEO of that business than I was ever, than I ever was. Um, and, you know, got involved. I've been around the entrepreneurship program at UD for a long time. The founding director was a mentor of mine. He was on my board at Hyde Park. Um, so just fell in love with teaching. That's Bob Shelley. Shelley. Yeah, Bob Shelley. Fell in love with the classroom, fell in love with the students. Um, and, and all of the stuff we get to do, it's, I get to do all of the things that I wanted to do when I left Schneider in 2007, only I get to do it with like flyer enterprises and flyer consulting and the hub, um, and our new coffee shop that flyer enterprises is working on. It's, it's really like dabbling in all those things. Plus I still get to own the business, even though I don't get to make any decisions anymore. My wife took that power away from me. She's a smart woman. She's a very smart woman. So Vince, we, we, you talked a little bit about Bob Shelley and and the karate center. Could you tell us a little bit more about that? How did, how did the karate center get started? At least what what you've been told and what's it doing today? Well, it got started by brother Ray and uh, a guy named Bill Crotty. Mr. Crotty owned a company here locally called Van Dyne Crotty, which was, they had, they'd gotten their start. Um, by his dad started the company and they were actually laundering shop towels for machine shops. And um, they built the business into all sorts of, you know, uniforms and safety apparel and, and, you know, kind of the, the, almost like a CentOS. In fact, that's who they sold to, um, you know, rugs or carpets, those indoor outdoor carpets you see at the front of your space, all of those types of things. Um, my understanding is that Brother Ray and Mr. Crotty were down at Mr. Crotty's house in Hilton Head and spending a few days together. And Brother Ray was like, you know, we really need to get into this space. And Mr. Crotty was uh, uh, willing to support the effort and founded the uh, Crotty Center. Um, and Bob was Bob Shelley was the founding director. And it's, it's morphed over time. Um, you know, today we, we really reimagined the center um, in 2014, 2015. Uh, the, the entrepreneurship faculty, Diane Sullivan, myself, um, Bill Meek, Jay Janney um, at the time, and kind of created it where we pulled in a lot of the experiential stuff that was all kind of disconnected, pulled it all together. So the center now encompasses, we, we do still take some responsibility for um, some of our experiential learning courses our micro company classes, our capstone course in entrepreneurship, and then um, flyer enterprises, flyer consulting, uh, flyer pitch, flyer angels, um, the Epsilon Nu Tau um, uh, fraternity, which is the first professional fraternity in entrepreneurship in the country. The Alpha chapter was founded at UD, um, the Entrepreneurship Club, um, all all fall under um, the center's responsibilities, all those experiential programs. And then the two really big initiatives, of course, are the hub powered by PNC Bank, um, which we get, we, we get a quarter every time we say that. So anytime we bring up the hub, we got to say powered by PNC. Um, and um, the Greater West State Incubator, which are um, really innovative, immersive spaces that are going to create a whole new slew of um, ex- experiential learning opportunities for our students.
So I, I'm going to come back to the hub and, and the incubator here in a minute. Um, but maybe, Carolyn, could you tell us a little bit more about Fire Enterprises? You know, what do you do? What, what are your divisions? Why is it so special? You hear about it all the time. In fact, people just call it FE now, right? That you're FE this, FE that. Uh, what is what is Flyer Enterprises? Yeah, absolutely. Definitely coined as FE now to me. Um, Flyer Enterprises is a completely student-run business on the University of Dayton's campus. So all the way from sales associate to CEO, you can work your way up. You come in as a sales associate, you have the opportunity to make coffee, make sandwiches, serve snacks, all that kind of thing at all of our different divisions. And then from there, you have the opportunity to move up into management positions, take on a little bit more responsibility, whether that be placing placing orders with vendors or doing marketing campaigns on social media or doing hiring and firing initiatives. Um, all of those kind of fall under the management bracket. And that's a really great experience for a lot of students to kind of learn all these different skills that they do learn in the classroom and apply them. And then from there, you have the chance to move up into an executive position which we have 10 members on our executive team right now. So we have some C-suite individuals and then we also have some presidents of our different divisions who oversee these management teams that I touched on earlier. So all these people are students of all different majors, all different ages. So it's really a great opportunity to kind of come in. If you get hired as a first year or second year, then you kind of immediately have almost like a family within FE that everyone does stuff together, um, people, are very welcoming and will make sure that you feel like you fit in, make sure that you're learning together, you're growing together. Um, it's definitely a really great collaboration effort. So we do about 1.3 million in revenue per year, um, hoping to continue to grow, especially with this year taking meal plan at all of our divisions, which has been super exciting. I know the first two weeks of classes have been absolutely hectic for all of our managers. We can't, can't keep product on the shelves, which is always a good problem to have. I think that's a problem yeah. everybody's having right now. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. But we have about 150 to 175 employees, like I said, all different ages, majors, walks of life, backgrounds. We really like to have all different diversity of thought, which just continues to enrich our business. We have on campus 10 divisions. So seven of those are actually physical locations, that being three coffee shops, smoothie shop in the Recplex, a convenience store, and one of the the freshman dorms, and then a um, kind of bagel and donut shop in the in Kennedy Union. And our final one being Art Street Cafe, which is located in the heart of the student neighborhood. And they sell paninis and they do um, Thursday Night Lives, which will have comedians and poets, um, singers come and perform on, on our stage live for people to come watch, which I think is a pretty cool event, really gives people the platform to kind of share what they're interested in and their hobbies. I've heard so Vince has all... some pretty good jokes. Have you guys let him perform there? Not yet. Can we can we sign you up? No, I'm I'm I I go to bed early. <laughs> but across all of those ten divisions, we have the other three that are non-physical locations are our e-commerce website, which is called Rudy's Runway. And they sell a lot of spirit wear, much like the bookstore does. We have a moving and storage site, which stores people's belongings over the summer months. And we will deliver it to their new resident residential halls in the fall, which really eases a lot of the stress on parents and students during the move out process, which I'm sure you know that they love. And our final is FE Digital, which is a website consulting platform. 
in which we work with local Dayton companies to do some website consulting for them, build out new sites, um, do any editing work that they need. So that's a really great opportunity for us to kind of interact with the greater Dayton community and not just on UD's campus. So across all these divisions, we have a phenomenal opportunity to pretty much serve every industry. Um, within the food and beverage industry, we pretty much serve whatever, whatever you name, we serve it in some way, shape or form on campus. And we're able to really give that experience to our employees and serve our customers in the best way possible. So for our alumni listening, how do they find Rudy's Runway? Their site is rudysrunway.com. So we have a bunch of different collections listed on there. We have our classic collection, which includes just some of our normal inventory items like t-shirts, sweatshirts, sweatpants, some various hats and, and such. And then we have a new collection launching actually this Friday called Retro Rudy's. And that is a little bit more for alumni involvement. So we're asking alumni to donate any old flyer gear that they have, whether that be sweatshirts, hats, t-shirts, knickknacks, whatever they have that they don't have a use for anymore. We're asking them to donate that so we can give it a new life with students on campus. So I know within the UD community right now, I know vintage is a huge trend. People love the old UD logos. They love learning a little bit about the past history of UD. And so we're trying to connect these alumni to our current students, also providing like the sustainability benefits and these cost-effective benefits that are a little bit cheaper than some of the other merchandise options that you might find out there. So we're super excited about that. We're gonna be doing some pop-up shops on campus and selling some of our items that we've already gotten starting this Friday. So if I'm an alumni and let's say I've maybe I've packed on a couple extra pounds and I can't wear something that I had in college or, or I've just, you know, it's not the style that I'm wearing anymore and I want to get it to you guys. What do I, what do I do? How do I, how do I pass that along to FE? Yeah, absolutely. They can be shipped to the Miriam Hall um, Flyer Enterprises office, which is in Miriam Hall room 306. And we'll take care of everything from there. So the, the address is going to be 300 Flyer, college Flyer Enterprises, Miriam Hall 306. And then, and then you probably have to put 300 College Park on there. Correct. Yes. Fantastic. 300 College Park, Dayton, Ohio. Was it 45469? Yes. Awesome. Thank you, Carolyn. Uh, Flyer, Flyer Enterprises is, is fantastic. Um, I know the, the students that come out of there you know, they, they've got such great experience that employers are just sort of drooling over them, wanting to wanting to hire our students who've had experiences with FE. Um, so Vince, you, you mentioned a little bit earlier, you talked about the hub uh, in, in the Greater West State and Incubator. Can you give us a little more, a little more flavor of, you know, what, what's the hub and, and, you know, what are, what are we, what are we doing with the Greater West State and Incubator? So, you know, they're all tied together around um, supporting multidisciplinary learning, supporting uh, entrepreneurs and connecting our students into the entrepreneurial ecosystem, whether that's supporting underrepresented entrepreneurs or technology companies or manufacturing companies. The hub, the hub powered by PNC is a 100,000. You almost 000, forgot about it that time, didn't you? Uh, I almost did. Do they find um, you when you forget to say powered by they, PNC? They actually do. I think there's a provision in, their, in our contract. Um, so the hub is a 100,000 square foot space 
in Dayton's urban core. It's in an iconic redeveloped um, space. It's called the Dayton Arcade. It's what you see behind me. Um, in that 100,000 square feet, we've got 50,000 square feet of open co-share or co-working space, which includes, that's why you hear activity behind me. Those are, there's a meeting going on or something going on in here. Um, so we have uh, open co-share, private office co-share, dedicated desks. We have some larger subtenant spaces for larger subtenants, um, including Sinclair Community College as a partner in the space or a tenant in the space, a local payroll startup. iHeartRadio is moving their radio studios in here in October for, that are in Dayton and a local arts organization. And then there's 20,000 square feet of academic programming. So we have classes from our College of Arts and Sciences, Department of Art and Design, all of our entrepreneurship classes, our core classes in entrepreneurship are there. A couple of our core classes in the SBA curriculum. We have a couple of engineering classes down here. So it's a really wide cross-section of faculty, students, um, and others working in the space. We moved into the space February 15th. When we moved in, we had 15 tenants move in with us from our partner, the Entrepreneur Center's old space. Today, we have 90 member companies in the space, about 175 people. And when we started classes last week, um, we started classes, our inaugural semester of classes here at the Hub. We have 22 classes, about 250 students. Um, so you can, you can just kind of get a sense of the energy and the vibe that's getting created in the space. Um, and it's all about immersing our students really in this ecosystem getting them to connected, um, you know, giving them internship opportunities, experiential learning opportunities, the opportunity to work with some of these startups and start networking and making connections when they're 19, 20, you know, when they're a sophomore in college um, so that they can build that network now, that that's going to pay off for them when they graduate in a few years. Um, the experiential learning piece and that developing those network connections, those could be investors, those could be entrepreneurs, those could be folks in economic development, um, all sorts of other folks that are engaged in the space. We have an offshoot of that because when you look at the entrepreneurial ecosystem, what we were really trying to do is ensure that it just wasn't all about the urban core, that we were connecting to Dayton's neighborhoods. And part of that effort is the creation of the Greater West Dayton Incubator. And the Greater West Dayton Incubator, which grew out of a conversation that UD leadership was having with community leaders in West Dayton. Um, they came up with a white paper for an incubation site in West Dayton. And really the idea was to provide this pathway or doorway into the hub and into the resources of the startup ecosystem. Focused primarily on supporting underrepresented entrepreneurs. Um, the incubator provides coaching, mentoring, um, we're standing up a microloan fund to provide uh, finance, uh, you know, small loans, $500 to $20,000. Um, we're also standing up, um, or we have Flyer Pitch, and we have a social venture track that's housed in the Greater West State Incubator to support um, social enterprises, nonprofit organizations, as well as uh, other entrepreneurs who are trying to get their businesses started. Um, and these are really non-diluted grants into businesses as they go through the competition, um, really all tied around supporting the ecosystem, doing kind of 
doing our part to support the ecosystem and also supporting underrepresented entrepreneurs or primarily supporting underrepresented entrepreneurs. I think it's important to add that when we came into this process, because we've been in this, as you know, Trevor, we've been in this conversation on this space since 2015. It took us six years to get here and we just moved in in February. I think it's important to add that we don't feel as though UD can be an anchor in the startup ecosystem. We feel as though we can be a catalyst, right? We can support those, those organizations that are trying to support entrepreneurs. We can bring people together. We can help bring the resources of our, of our faculty who you know, can bring a lot of knowledge and experience to the conversation, bring the resources of our students, which bring, they bring that energy and creativity. We can bring that to the table um, and be a catalyst for others in the ecosystem. Yeah, I, I think it's really exciting. And I think it's really special. You know, President Spina always talks about us being the University of Dayton, right? To be of Dayton, we need to be in Dayton. We now have the this facility downtown, right in the heart of Dayton, and and then and then space that that should be opening up soon in in West Dayton as well. Uh, you know, really connecting us to uh, to the city. Carolyn, have I you was- been have you been down to the hub? I have. Yes. It's an awesome space. I'm, I'm down there quite a bit, I would say, to just study and hang out. What, what excites you about being down there? I think the opportunity is phenomenal down there just to walk around and be able to see all the innovation that's happening. All the entrepreneurs that are just working hard on their own businesses is really um, exciting to me. I've, I'm someone that thrives off of being in an environment like that. And I love I love networking. I love talking to people. So I think that's a really great opportunity for students to be able to be down there and interacting with, even if you're just getting a cup of coffee, standing in line with them, interacting, striking up a conversation with someone to learn about what they do. And that could potentially lead to an internship or a post-grad opportunity. And not only that, like that, it could also just spark an idea. So I think it's really special in that way. And I have gained a lot and met a lot of people down there so far. So I, I know I'll continue to go down there this year and I'm, I'm hoping I have a class there next semester. Um, where are you going to get that cup of coffee, Carolyn? From Startup Grounds. So Startup Grounds is our, the newest coffee shop that's opening in the hub very, very shortly here, um, hopefully in the next few weeks. And it is going to be powered kind of by the hub and Rich Taste Catering and FE. So it's kind of a triple partnership here. And Rich Taste Catering has been selected as our managing partner. So they will be doing the staffing, um, kind of the day-to-day operations. The hub physically owns the space and then Flyer Enterprises will be supporting from the back end. So we will be doing the accounting, the marketing. We helped set up the point of sale system. Um, The previous CEO and I had a lot to do with the equipment ordering, um, a lot of the health inspection setups, all that kind of thing to kind of get the business off of its feet. So it's been a very good opportunity for FE to get our foot in the door in a place that's not on campus. And I think it gives us great opportunity to kind of bridge that into the future and gives us more ideas for how we can continue to expand into the downtown area. So triple, triple partnership, right? So it sounds really simple and easy. Uh, what was the process like, um, you know, bringing all those three parties to the table and, and getting something formalized for that business to run? Go right ahead, Carolyn. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Nobody wants to answer that question. Huh? 
It was definitely um, a complicated process. It was a lot of back and forth to the drawing board. We um, came up with a few different ideas for the physical space. The coffee shop ended up being the best option for us and kind of went back and forth on how Flyer Enterprises was going to be involved. We obviously wanted to be involved in some way since it was such a great opportunity to kind of get our name and face out there. Um, we had some challenges, obviously, that would come up with staffing over the summer months, over the winter break months, when the, we would obviously want startup grounds to be open for these entrepreneurs that are going to be staying in their office space, but maybe students won't be on campus. So we decided to select this managing partner and went through an interview process with a couple different um, individuals, ended up going with Rich Taste Catering, who is, it's a husband and wife from their local to Dayton, and they own this catering company, have found great success in it. And they're a I think they're a phenomenal asset to our operation here. They've really jumped right in headfirst. They've kind of taken a lot of the stress off of me. I've been very busy with opening Flyer Enterprises for the school year. So they have really been an integral part in getting the menus set and getting all of the all the tasks checked off that we need to open. So they've been a really great partner for us and kind of just helped us to mesh out an agreement and obviously will I'm sure need to kind of reevaluate that agreement as we continue on with our business. We obviously have no idea how the operations are going to go and how the sales are going to go. So it's definitely going to be a learning experience for all three partners that are involved, but I think it's going to be a very positive asset to the hub and also to the downtown area since it will be open to the public as well. I was down there this morning and the, the shop itself, the physical space is looking really nice. So I'm, I'm excited. Yep. Is it, it, yep. Next week it's going to open. Yes. We do. We're going to do a soft open. Is that right, Carolyn on, on uh, the seventh? And then Correct. when's the, the public open? Grand opening will be the 17th. 17th. So, you know, I, I think that what you see in Startup Grounds, although it is a, it, it is a complex partnership um, between um, Rich Taste Catering, Arcade Innovation Hub, which is a separate nonprofit from the university owned by the university, and um, uh, University of Dayton Flyer Enterprises, it, it really does have the same theme that a lot of these partnerships that we're creating have, and that is a component of supporting entrepreneurs in the ecosystem and a component of experiential learning for our students. So if you look at Startup Grounds, um, Startup Grounds, the menu is being curated um, with, you know, Flyer Enterprises is supporting the curation of the menu through the Greater West Dayton Incubator. And that's primarily grab-and-go items that come from underrepresented food entrepreneurs in West Dayton. So we want to really ensure that we have a very diverse and vibrant supply chain. Um, and then you have that experiential learning component. So you're supporting entrepreneurs on this side. And then you have that experiential learning component for FE, not just the fact that, that three CEOs have been involved in this project with FE, um, three or four, from the start where we started looking at initial options, FE did all the research, came up with the market opportunity in the downtown area, worked on that whole process. So they've been part of the entire development process of the space from be, when it was still SUNY's hair supply. And before we had put pencil to paper to figure out, you know, what kind of equipment we're gonna need, how much is it gonna cost and any of those types of things. That, that experiential learning process plus managing the back office of what, who knows what the, the 
opportunity is from a revenue standpoint, right? You know, when you're in an area where the average, um, the average shop down here is doing about $800,000 a year, you know, are we going to, are we going to add 40, 50% to FE's top line? You, you never know, but it's a real, it's a real significant opportunity for our students um, and for community entrepreneurs. What are you guys projecting sales for this year? Um, you're on the board, right? So I have to be accurate. <laughs> um, so I think this year, <clears throat> excuse me. <coughs> I think this year it's probably, you know, 40 or $50,000 since we're getting started in, in September. Yeah. And it'll take some time to get traction next year. I think they're projecting 250. Um, it was like 200 or 250. So, and I believe that our partners at rich taste feel as though our projections are light. Um, you know, they, they, they feel as though we've got some real opportunities with some of the neighboring office buildings. Yeah. I mean, what's crazy to me is downtown Dayton, you, they, you can't build residential fast enough down there. So, um, you know, who knows, you know, I think the sky's the limit there. I want to pivot a little bit, uh, Carolyn, and, and, and talk about, you know, how Effie has, has helped you. Um, you know, we, we talked a little bit before we started the show about your internship. Maybe let's, let's tell everybody a little bit about your internship and, uh, you know, share maybe how, how FE either helped you get your internship or, or helped you succeed in it. Definitely. So this summer I had the opportunity to intern at Fifth Third Bank in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I was really fortunate enough to be able to go in office every day and really meet a lot of people. I know many of my friends and peers were work in the work from home setting. So I was re really lucky that I was able to go down there. Um, network a lot with all the colleagues that I worked with. I was able to go out on client calls, prospect calls. The unit that I worked in was the commercial bank and more specifically the middle market team. So that's your 20 million to a billion in revenue. So mostly smaller, um, usually family owned companies that pretty much fifth third is their only bank. So it's not like you're on a syndicated deal where you're bank number 15 on the list. You're really building that relationship with them and helping them not just with their finances, but also a bit, almost a bit of consultative work. So I really liked that aspect of it. And I was able to form a lot of really great relationships. And I'm a huge talker. I like to talk to people. So that was really a really good fit for me. And I didn't necessarily get to pick which group I was assigned to. So I was really lucky that I got the, the one that I kind of had my eye on. And I, I felt like it was a good fit for me. So in terms of FE preparing me for that, I think as soon as an employer sees Flyer Enterprises on your resume, it immediately stands out to them. It stands out if it says, you know, CEO or CFO of a million dollar company. I think that's something that a lot of students can't say that they have. And that experience is really invaluable. And not only do, am I applying what I've learned in throughout Flyer Enterprises, throughout my sales associate role, my management role, my CFO role, and now my CEO role, in terms of like business models and like decision-making, but also just the, the networking piece, like the being able to talk to people and conduct interviews and do press releases, all that sort of thing that you kind of are tasked with as the head of a company, I think really gave me a leg up this summer, gave me a little bit more confidence to be in a room full of senior commercial bankers who 
I might not have always known what I was talking about, but as long as I could act like I could, then that was obviously going to impress them a little bit more. And I actually had the opportunity to take them on a tour of the hub, a group, it was about six commercial bankers, pretty, pretty high up in um, Fifth Third Bank. And they met Vince. Pretty, last pretty week. high up, pretty high up. <laughs> they met Vince last week. So we were able to kind of form that connection and really just give them a great tour. I know the Fifth Third building is two buildings down from the hub. So they're obviously going to be, I'm sure, regular customers at Startup Grounds, especially since they know somebody like me as CEO. Um, I'll make sure we get that marketing content in their building. But FE has really just prepared me in so many ways for my career and been fortunate enough to have that experience with Fifth Third. Also was fortunate to receive an offer and accepted it. So that's a great feeling going into senior year. Congratulations. That's fantastic. Thank you. I will be in Charlotte, North Carolina with Fifth Third after after graduation. Charlotte, North Carolina? Really? Yes. Charlotte. Not Dayton. Queen City to Queen City. So, yep. so, so little little sidebar. Um, Carolyn sends me an email and says, "Some of my colleagues from Fifth Third want to come by and see the space and take a tour. Can we? Can you set something up?" Sure, Carolyn, I'd be happy to. I'm thinking other interns, maybe her supervisor. She walks in with uh, uh, Doug Compton, right? Was it Doug? Yep. Yeah, he's the like market president for Fifth Third Bank in this area, in this region. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, warning, you could have warned me a little bit. <laughs> Didn't want to make you nervous. She's so confident that doesn't seem that doesn't seem that high up for her. Yeah. <laughs> but I think they really enjoyed it. So well, I hope you let them know multiple times that it's the hub powered by PNC Bank. I'm sure they were not too happy about that. <laughs> they're already planning how they're going to take over, I'm sure. So as a, as a woman sort of rising up through Fire Enterprises and, and engaging on campus, you know, what, what advice would you give other female students as they're starting to study business or, or beginning their, their career journey in, in FE? I would say stay confident and act like you know what you're doing, even if you don't. I think a lot of times fake it till you make it um, holds true for most situations. People will look up to you. And if you seem like you know what you're doing and you have confidence in your decisions and back up what you say and what you do, then people, it, it will really add validity to what you're doing. So I would say even in your classes, they may be predominantly male. I know I have a couple classes this year where it's only a couple of females in the class and that's probably just the nature of the major or the certain class section, I'm sure. But I would say, don't let that phase you. Um, don't, don't let it stop you from participating or putting yourself out there. Even if you think you might answer a question wrong. Um, I would say Flyer Enterprises does an, a phenomenal job with rising up leaders and recognizing talent regardless of you know, who you are, what your major is, what your age is. If you are fit for a position, then you're fit for a position. So we really want the best people and we want people that are going to work hard, be passionate and really just want to help grow the business forward. So I would say as long as those are your goals and initiatives, then you will be obviously thriving in Flyer Enterprises and you'll be able to move up to whatever whatever position you'd like to. What's the biggest challenge you faced within FE, either 
you know, early on or as CFO or CEO, what, what's sort of a, a difficult decision you, you were confronted with and, and how did you tackle it? I think last year was very difficult for our executive team overall. And I know that's the cliche answer for 2020 with COVID, but we were, we really struggled with the fact that we were not able to open the entire first semester and half of second semester that set us back a lot. And obviously now it's created some issues with staffing. Now we're very understaffed and kind of trying to catch up because we didn't hire last year. Um, a lot of our training has been, we had kind of a gap in this training. And so we've had to kind of solve a lot of the issues that COVID created from last year to going into this year. And so I think that has been a big, a big problem. But I also think that we were able to kind of spin that issue as a positive. And since all of our operations were closed and we weren't necessarily necessarily worrying about the day-to-day operations for our divisions, which consumes most of your time when they are open, we were able to kind of step back look at some high level strategy, um, do some growth planning for the future, come up with a lot of new ideas and like initiatives that we're now beginning to launch this year. So I think us being closed for those that many months in a row was very hard on our company, but also a very good opportunity. And I'm glad that we took that opportunity and twisted it in a positive light and were able to kind of gain something out of it because I think it set us up for a lot of success in the future. Vince, as, as an advisor for FE, you know, how often do the students come to you or they, they've made a decision and they, they need your approval and, and you say, no, that, that's a terrible idea. There's no way we're going to do that. You know, what, what, and how often does that happen and what do you do when that happens? I, I'm not the sort to, um, to tell the students that it's a terrible idea. Um, I, I think that you know, one, if, if, if you have an entrepreneurial spirit or mindset, then it's important to investigate all opportunities. Now, that investigation may, need, may lead nowhere, right? You may do your discovery work and go, yeah, this isn't a good idea. Um, you know, this past, uh, this past year, at the end of the year, we did, um, what, what is, what's the program called? FE, um, where we went through the neighborhood and got old, you know, stuff that typically gets thrown out um, and stored it over the summer and then had a sale at the, at the beginning of the year. I, you know, I don't know whether that's going to take off or not. We lost money on it the first year. That doesn't mean it'll lose money next year, but it's those types of things. That's what you really want FE students to do. That's how you get to the number of divisions that we have today. Um, I mean, there are certainly things and times that we've had to say, Hey, we probably can't get away with that. Um, and on more than one occasion, but, you know, it's, it's, it's more about, you know, Flyer Enterprises is a student run student led organization. And it's important to let the, the executive team run the business. Um, you know, that's the experience, right? So, and that means figuring out how to make money. That means, you know, reporting out to the board all of those types of things, I think that adds to the value of the organization as an experiential learning opportunity. I, I think about, I mean, you, you could not even just FE. I mean, if you think about the, the, the experiential learning opportunities across the School of Business at UD, whether it's the Davis Center or you know Hanley or um, uh, Flyer Pitch or Flyer Angels or, or you know any of these opportunities, Flyer Consulting, it's it really does give the student 
something to talk about when they go into that job interview. You know, and what I tell every student that I meet with, every parent that I meet with is you're sending out resumes, right? And you got a guy like me looking at that resume. And I'll look at the resume and I'll say, you went to the University of Dayton. That's great. It's Carolyn. So you had a 4.0 GPA. Wow, you're really smart. That's great. Um, Now, what did you do while you were there? That's always the question I'm going to ask. Um, because I'm, I want to see some leadership development. I want to see some engagement in other activities and application of what you're learning in the classroom. And that's what FE does. You know, you really get that broad general management experience where you're dealing with marketing, social media, hiring, firing in some cases. Um, you know, should we make a capital investment? All of these types of questions the executive team works on. So. I think giving them that opportunity is our responsibility. That's what our job is. And that means that every once in a while, um, I'm going to get knocked over the head because we did something that we may, maybe shouldn't have done, but that's worth it because they get that opportunity. And I think that's very important. I'm not the least bit, I'm not the least bit passionate about it though. I I didn't hear any passion in that response. Uh, No, I, I, every student that I speak with, who's involved in, in one of our experiential learning activities, whether it be Flyer Enterprises or, or the Davis Center, Flyer Pitch, Vince just listed all of them, right? You, you forget about them. There's so many. Every time they talk to me about an interview they had, 90% of the interview ends up discussing that experiential learning. And, and I think that's one of the greatest gifts that we can give them from UD is that you now are sitting there being interviewed by someone and they are they are intrigued. They, they they are totally focused in hearing you talk about that because they cannot believe that we're letting 18, 19, 20-year-old students make these kinds of decisions and let them succeed and let them fail. And you know, to I'm, I'm sure Carolyn, you go into you went into that interview and talked about what it was like to be a CFO. And you walked out of the room, and if there's one person or there's four people, they all went. Yes, she's hired immediately. They don't even need to talk about it. They just look at each other because you just described a process that very few students at your age can do. Absolutely. Totally agree. It's been an awesome opportunity. And I think uh, it's unmatched for what other people at other universities are getting. And I mean, being involved in clubs and organizations is always phenomenal on campus to meet people. But experiential learning is just a whole different aspect that I'm passionate about and I could speak volumes and I actually just became an experiential learning ambassador for the University of Dayton so I think it's a pretty new program they're having some like I think mostly juniors and seniors that are involved in these programs kind of act as mentors to first and second years and allow them to kind of talk a little bit more about opportunities help them get involved gain some confidence to be a better a better candidate in these interviews and in these um, internship opportunities and whatnot. So I'm really excited about that um, to learn how to be an experiential learning ambassador and provide some mentorship to these people. Yeah, congratulations on on being named that and and thank you for you know service there. Right, you're you're paying it back, providing mentorship to our to our younger students. Um, we're about we're about out of time, so 
do you all have any any questions for me or any, anything else you wanted to share with uh, with our listeners today? Yeah, I'll I shoot do. you a question. I'll shoot you a question. Um, what do you believe is the biggest area of opportunity for Flyer Enterprises right now? Oh, wow. That's a great one. That's going to get cut from the podcast. Um, <laughs> what's the... I think if your goal, which I, I think you stated earlier, your goal is to grow your revenue, I think you have to get off campus to do that, right? There, there's a limited number of people on campus that can buy you know, food and drink, and, and that's, that's what your operations are here. They're doing great, but they're not going to grow, uh, you know, except maybe with inflation. And so you, you want to you wanna grow your revenue. You've got you've to look into getting off campus. So I think Rudy's Runway gets you online. So that's off campus, right? That's getting you access to a new audience. I think Startup Grounds gets you access to a new audience. Uh, you know, the university has a property, the old fairgrounds called On Main. I, I don't know if we've been in any conversations about that, but I think that's another area of, of opportunity for, for Flyer Enterprises to have space off campus and engage in an audience that, that we don't have, you know, right here um, on campus. Yeah, and, and something like Startup Grounds, I think, Re, kind of reframes the paradigm for FE because the paradigm for FE has always been you're operating a retail location. Yeah. Startup grounds. Now you're acting as kind of the back office CFO and marketing expert for an organization. You start to say, is there a business there? Is there a way that FE could support other small businesses in that space, you know, in a very cost efficient way, cost efficient manner? supporting whether it's their QuickBooks operation or whether it's social media or whether it's marketing or promotion, that really becomes a business opportunity in and of itself that we haven't explored yet. And I mean, I love the idea of FE getting sort of outside of food and beverage, right? I think you all have done that well, and, and I'm not sure there's a whole lot more for you to do in that space. What else, what else is there? What other business models can you, can you engage with? And I think Vince... Uh, you know, very nicely articulated the opportunity here for Startup Grounds. Well, thank you, Carolyn and Vince. I really appreciate your time today. Enjoyed chatting with you. I hope our listeners enjoyed hearing more about FE and, and the hub and the Greater West State and Incubator. Um, I hope our listeners will join us again next time. Go Flyers. All right. Go Flyers. Thank you, Trevor. Thanks, Trevor. Thanks for joining us for the Business Class Podcast. If you'd like to engage with us further, please follow us on social media, our Instagram and Facebook accounts all use the name SBA. You can also email the Dean's Office with questions or suggestions for future podcasts at sbadean at udayton.edu. No matter where you are on your career path, we are proud that you're part of our Dayton Flyer family.